Nothing, Max said disgustedly, peeling away from the window. Her palms had left prints on the glass. Not a single stupid visitor. Pippa groaned. It's too hot for a show, she said. She was sprawled out on the cool linoleum floor, fanning herself with one of the brochures from the information table, which advertised the museum's newest exhibit, a pair of ancient scissors said to be the ones used by Delilah to cut off Samson's hair. It was only 11 o'clock in the morning and already topping 90 degrees in New York City. The street outside of Dumfries Dime Museum of Freaks, Oddities, and Wonders was as still as a painting. Max, Sam, Thomas, and Pippa had camped out in the lobby overnight, since the attic where they slept with the other performers felt like a steam bath. Pip's right, Sam said, glancing up temporarily from the steel pipe in his hands, which he was twisting and bending into a circle. Anyone with a brain is at home in front of a fan. Or swimming in an ice bath, Pippa said, or moving to the North Pole. Max sighed. What was the point of perfecting her knife act? What was the point of doing anything if there was never an audience to applaud her? Nonetheless, she removed an apple from the basket at her feet and balanced it carefully on the mounted head of a grizzly bear. Then she backed up a dozen feet, wrestled a blindfold over her eyes, lifted the knife, and threw. She imagined as she did that the apple was the face of Professor Nicholas Radigan, scientist, madman, fugitive. Maker. There was a loud thunk. Yikes, Pippa said. Remind me not to volunteer for your act. Max whipped off the blindfold and saw the knife buried deep in the fur between the bear's glass eyes. She scowled. There must be a draft in here, she said. I wish, Pippa began fanning more vigorously. What do you think? Sam held out the metal pipe he had been shaping, which was now a complicated pattern of loops and twists. Does this look like a rabbit to you? Is it upside down? Pippa said, squinting. It looks like a rabbit that got run over by a garbage truck, Max said. The heat made her very moody. Sam sighed and began straightening out the pipe again. If Mr. Dumfrey would only let me have a real rabbit to model from. Pippa reached over to pat his foot consolingly. Sam was absolutely desperate for a pet, and was always pushing crackers through the bars of Mr. Dumfrey's pet cockatoo's cage, and trying to make friends with the mice that lived in the walls. But Mr. Dumfrey wouldn't let him have an animal of his own, for fear that Sam would accidentally crush, squeeze, or pulverize it, as he often did to doorknobs, railings, and chair backs. It wasn't Sam's fault. As Mr. Dumfrey was fond of reminding him, he was the strongest twelve and three-quarters-year-old in the country, possibly in the whole world. Listen to this, Thomas said, smoothing down his hair, which as usual was coated with plaster and dust and refused to lie down flat. Thomas used the stairs only when he couldn't help it. He mostly preferred to travel the museum's walls, squeezing himself into the pipes and air ducts, shimmying through narrow spaces hardly wider than a flower pot, and popping out of metal grates when you least expected it. 
What do you call a woman who doesn't have all her fingers on one hand? Pippa groaned again. Come on, Thomas, lay off. It's too hot for riddles. Just try, he urged. Thomas always had his nose stuck in a book. Lately, it was brain puzzles and teasers. He read even when he was eating. The pages were splattered with tomato sauce and bacon grease. Unlucky, Max said. I'd call her normal. The new janitor, William Lash Langtree, sauntered into the lobby carrying a bucket and a mop. He wiggled the fingers of his left hand. I'd hate to have all ten fingers on one hand. Thomas grinned and shut the book. Lash wins. Max rebalanced the apple on the grizzly's head, backed up and took aim again. This time the knife went straight through the core and the apple now sliced neatly in two, thudded to the floor.